Welcome to another episode of the official podcast of The Unsexy Startup. This is the platform that unites founders and talks about what it truly takes to build a company and not just the highlights. With your host, Samai Parikh, and a huge thanks to Raj Singh for helping me put this podcast together. On this episode, we have Christy Wallace, CEO of Elevate Network, and she's coming on to talk about being a female entrepreneur and leader within the startup industry and how she overcame some challenges women face within business. Elevate Network was created with the belief that women are still an untapped resource in the business world and in society at large. By providing lifelong learning and networking and by working with companies and investors for the bigger goal of truly investing in women, the Elevate Network can be an active part of that change. Christy, it's great to have you on today. Great to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me. Absolutely. And, and, and tell us more about the size of Elevate. It seems like it's grown quite a bit since you've been there. It has. Uh, yeah, and we've, we've had a great time uh, growing it because the, the larger the network, the larger the impact. Uh, so Elevate is, a, as you mentioned, a global professional women's network. We're really committed to closing the gender achievement gap in business through community and education. So that means getting more women into political office, getting more women leading companies, more women on boards, more women starting companies and raising money for the companies, um, all of the places where gender inequalities continue to exist, um, also equal pay and paid leave. Uh, so we've got a lot of work, um, but we're working hard at it. And uh, the community spans uh, 90,000 women globally. And we are cross-industry, cross-function, cross-geography women at all stages of their career, and to really believe in the power of not just having a network, but having a network that is diverse, that comes from um, different backgrounds and experiences and can really support you as you uh, define what career success means to you and uh, go after that success. And what made you transition into Elevate? I had been a member uh, for years. I've, I've worked in the startup scene um, for, for many, many years, and I'd always been a member um, for, for various reasons. You know, I, I've reached a point in my career where I was really looking for a network of women to support me. I was leading a business, leading a P&L, and, and found that support network within Elevate, so other senior women who are facing similar challenges. Um, and also on the startup uh, team of a company um, where we were looking to raise our profile. And I was looking to raise my personal profile of thought leadership and uh, get my name out there more. So throughout the course of my career, Elevate really supported me during all those periods of transition, uh, whatever my needs were. And that that meant a lot to me as a huge member of the network and then was offered a job to to lead the network. And that was a, a very important moment in my life. And I'm very excited that that opportunity came about. And so speaking of like, um, implementing thought leadership, what was that? What was your like personal vision that you brought to Elevate when you became CEO? Well, when I came to Elevate, uh, I would say well, there's a few things. It was we were formally called 85 Broads uh, because the company had started as an external women's network for Goldman Sachs alumni. Uh, that was in Goldman Sachs was based at 85 Broad Street. So that's where the name initially came from. Sally Krawcheck bought the network in 2013 and then brought me in a few months later. And for me, the first thing I wanted to do was, was re redo the website. We had a, a website that was just very one dimensional that had a lot of tech challenges to it. Um, and so that was like priority number one is if your product is not um, working, if you're not able to really communicate and connect with your your customer, then then you're missing out on a lot of opportunities. So 
we focused a lot on uh, rebuilding the website and also at the same time did a rebrand to elevate network, really wanted to be more reflective of the community at large um, and, and be more forward thinking. Our, our logo is a bird. So really, how can we project upward movement and progress? Uh, the next year, I uh, focused more on um, how we can grow a, a very diverse community of women um, from all backgrounds and all stages of their career, but but meet each of their individual needs, right? Because the needs aren't always the same across the span of your career. So we did a lot around our offline products, our events. We're doing over 500 events a year and how we could create a more customized experience with the events on uh, for to meet different career stages and inflection points. And then online, um, we did a lot of work around creating cohort groups and a newsletter, The Morning Boost, that's algorithm-driven. So each uh, member gets a different experience every morning in her inbox. Hey, we would love to hear more about the sexiest moment you had at Elevate Network as a female CEO, and why was this the sexiest? Um, well, I told, told you I'd laugh when you said that. Um, as, yeah. as a woman CEO, I mean... I think the sexiest moment is is just that I was a wo- woman CEO, right? We know the stats are pretty abysmal. There's not enough women leading companies, and and there needs to be more diversity in that. Um, so the sexiest moment is every day when I get to uh, lead with my values, uh, drives impact and change, and really see the way that we are improving lives for women in the workplace. I, I have to say. You know, doing what you love every day is is a truly amazing and thing, and I'm I'm very honored to have that opportunity. And speaking about truly loving what you do, even when challenges arise, right? Fires you have to put out. You've been in the startup world for quite some time, but it, as you love it, do you feel like those challenges are? It's not really turning your mood down. Like you're more inclined to take on the challenge since you love it so much. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think a few things. It's as the longer you are in business and leading in a leadership role, um, I think the more adept you become at at navigating the challenges and starting to understand, you know, how to best react to them and how to prioritize them. It it will happen. Um, Life is not perfect. There are so many variables when running a business from, you know, internal operations and staffing and financial structures and product development and marketing through to external, you know, clients and delivery of product. And so I, I just think that challenges will always come up. Um, and it's really about how you learn to address those challenges, how you're able to respond, building a team that's really able to support you in that and to tackle things head on. I, I also, you know, think that when you really are passionate about what you do, it's the challenges that can inspire you because you learn so much from those different flexion points and how you then move forward past that can oftentimes really set you on a different direction or open your eyes to new opportunities that you didn't know existed. You know, and it always keeps it interesting. And for being a female entrepreneur and business leader, what do you feel is the unsexiest moment through your career with startups? Um, It could be anything from your time scaling vault even to now, and why was that the unsexiest moment? Uh, um, the unsexiest moment as a, a woman entrepreneur, I, you know, I would say um, 
it's funny. I would say again, as a woman entrepreneur, um, there, you know, there's, there's a different host of challenges around, you know, how you engage with investors or potential investors, uh, how you tell your story and that story is interpreted and responded to, you know, it's being an entrepreneur in general is, is hard because, you know, you, you have a dream and you have a vision and you are working so hard to make that happen. And you believe a hundred thousand percent in that dream and that vision and how you want to solve the problem. And not everybody does. And so a big part of your work can be disheartening because you're going out to potential partners, to potential employees, to potential investors and clients and customers and, and really pitching that vision that you see and the way that you want to solve that problem and you get a lot of no's. Um, it's it's the way it works. And those no's can be very disheartening. And I think my one of the biggest pieces of advice is just not to let the no's get you down um, and to, you know, take that energy and, and kind of transfer it into motivation. Because you if you believe in what you're doing, you've got to know there's other people out there that believe in it too. And it's just, you have to keep making the connections and keep knocking on the doors until you find those people um, that believe in it as much as you do and are willing to support you in that journey. But um, that that's probably the hardest part of being an entrepreneur in general, but particularly as a woman entrepreneur, because we know statistically uh, the sort of the, the hills you're climbing are much steeper. And speaking of those no's, I'll be creating an episode uh, based on that. It what, Did you feel like you've developed more thicker skin to no's as you were growing on this path? Or was it like, did you have that thick skin starting off? Like, just, just being completely open, like you had to build your way up as you were going through getting the rejection over and over again, right? Oh, absolutely. I don't think any of us start out our careers just completely, you know, completely comfortable with no, right? And because you live your life and as you grow up through education systems and families, I mean, it's it's supposed to be supporting you and getting ahead. And so you get a lot of yeses and you get a lot of positive reinforcement and it's, it's a very nurturing time. And then you get into the business world and you start to get no's and it kind of starts, you know, obviously with, with college and rejections or maybe earlier um, in certain situations, but that's that's the first taste of, okay, I want something and I don't have complete and absolute control over making it happen because you're depending on other people to, to hold up their end of the bargain. Um, but I do think over time you get more accustomed to it. You start to get a, a much bigger perspective that a no is not the end of the world. A no is just a no. And there will be a yes at one point and you need to keep searching until you get that yes. Um, so certainly it, it is a learning process. Um, I, I do would say on the flip side, um, you start to get much better at giving no's. Uh, you know, there was a, a time in my career where, you know, I didn't, um, I shied away from being very explicit or very direct and, you know, nope, I'm not interested or no, I can't do this. And you sort of string people along because you, you feel bad about saying no. Uh, and that's more harmful than anything, too, because stringing along, you're kind of giving that false hope. So I think, you know, no is not a terrible thing. Um, it's part of life. And we just, um, you know, need to be respectful and be upfront. You know, when we're giving no's, we need to, to accept a no when we get it and, and keep moving and keep, you know, chugging along because it's not going to stop you. 
Thanks for listening to this podcast. We're calling on your help to make your listening experience the best imaginable. All you need to do is take a short survey. Visit acast.com slash research. That's A-C-A-S-T dot com slash research. Your opinion matters. And what are some of the, I know you're talking about like, you know, being an entrepreneur is really hard. Being a female entrepreneur is like the challenges on top of that, but you know, those, those, those peaks and those valleys are much steeper. What are some of the challenges currently within the startup world? Um, being a female founder or a female exec, like what are a few examples of those steeper valleys? Uh, um, I mean, there's, there's many examples, you know, we've, we've seen, you know, the representation of women within the, the financial world, right? I think, um, TechCrunch just came out with their newest stats around, you know, women represented within the VC community. It's still, I think it's maybe 8% women, you know, receiving capital. It's still, you know, under in the single digits. Uh, so, so right there, you can see the statistics are showing more women are starting, women are starting companies at a faster rate. The intent is there, the the drive, the enthusiasm, the motivation, but yet when they're out there, you know, pitching their product, when they're looking to raise money, there's no one like them at the end or an, other end of that table. That can that can be hard. A lot of these funding relationships are built on on rapport, on on relationships, on networking. Um you're also just seeing, you know, that the money isn't flowing to women entrepreneurs. So, uh, so that, that's number one. And I think that that's, that's discouraging on many levels. Uh, you, you oftentimes companies, you know, need that money to keep growing, to keep iterating, to create their beta, to make it happen. Um, so, so that's discouraging. Um, I personally am an angel investor in women and non-binary femme uh, social enterprises through Pipeline Angels. Uh, it's something that I did because I really wanted to have an impact personally in the ecosystem around women entrepreneurs and, and how I can do my part to help support women as entrepreneurs. So um, that's definitely, I think, things that we can all take action on. Um, but I also think within the world of being um, a female founder and an executive, it can be challenging just within uh, to find that network. And, and I talk about this, you know, in part because of Elevate Network and in part just because of my own experiences where um, you don't know how key it is to have someone you can turn to for advice. Or you can ask about a, you know, corporate structure or accounting term or, you know, marketing insights or, hey, will you invest in my company? Um, the people you know are, are so critical to helping you grow your business and particularly in those early stages. And so as a, as a woman, as an entrepreneur, if you haven't spent the time cultivating those networks, when you go out to start your company, it can be even, even more of a, a lonely time. Um, so cultivating those networks, it's, it's elevate, of course, is a great resource, but there's many groups and organizations that have come up um, the past couple of years that are really committed to helping um, women as, as entrepreneurs and as founders and helping them to support each other and get the resources that they need to get ahead. How can women rise to the top through these challenges in the startup world that they have? I mean, they will. We will. Um, I, it's, again, the community and the support are, are, are key. Um, the research shows how important it is to have that external network that's supporting you. I think we need um, on all levels, um, back to kind of how, what I was talking about 
to start around Elevate's mission. Um, you know, we need more women represented in policy and women represented in the VC and the financial fund in the funding world. We need more women who are entrepreneurs and are really, you know, pushing for change within the community, using your voices and having those courageous conversations in a time where we're seeing uh, so much conversation around the role and the very key role that women play within uh, the startup ecosystem. So I think women rise to the top by being women, being the amazing individuals that you are by looking at problems in a new way, by solving problems that frankly haven't been tackled because maybe they are seen as a woman's problem and and not relatable to, you know, the traditional founders. I mean, there's just so much opportunity today and it's supporting one another, it's building your network uh, and it's really advocating for others and for the change you hope to see. And I, and I would also, I think it's very important to know it's not just about, you know, women advocating for each other. It's everybody advocating for diversity and for, you know, unique voices, diverse voices and perspectives and influence within the community. You know, it's not just about women for women, but it's it's men being allies and advocating as well. And for the whole community, really looking to to see the impact that diversity can have on elevating the entire ecosystem. And this is a founder's question I usually ask all my founders. What is some advice you would give your younger self 10 years ago from what you know now and why? I I would uh so I would tell myself to to take a chill pill. I don't know if that is still a term used today, but uh yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I um you know, I remember myself as I I was I was leading um businesses and P&Ls um somewhat early in my career and, and in part because I was working at a startup that was growing quickly and I had that opportunity. I was very fortunate to have that opportunity, but I think I just took things way too seriously and I took myself uh, way too seriously and you kind of get mired in the, were you left out of a conversation or, or what's, you know, what, what should you own? And, and you kind and become a little bit unflexible around um, just different changes and evolutions. And that's something that I've fully embraced now. Uh, leading Elevate is is kind of, you got to pick your battles, put your energy into the things that you care the most about. Let, you know, other things happen and, and don't stress about the little, the little details because it just, you know, it becomes a distraction and you're not getting as far as you want, as quickly as you want, if you keep getting, getting mired in the little nits. Um, so yeah, I mean, that honestly is, it's, was my biggest advice to my younger self. It's advice I give to, um, you know, women that I mentor and that I work with is, uh, you, you just gotta pick, pick the right battles. And it's, it's funny you say that because I was, I was talking to a friend about that earlier. Like it, if you're so super serious and super headstrong about everything, like, and constantly have that tension it like doesn't it feel like it drains your energy or like you just feel stressed or like low all the time <laughs> yes yeah i mean it's it physically i mean stress and conflict impacts you physically as well and so it's not just it it it, it reverberates throughout your life um and, and i in part i would say you know i started learning the lesson to let it go when when i had my first kid i mean i, I now have three uh, so I honestly just don't even have the time to worry about the small things. But, um, you know, even in parenting, I, I tried to be this type A perfect parent. So you just realize, like, 
you could spend all your time worrying about the little things and miss out on some of the best things. So just focus on the impact you're having on living life to the fullest, on being happy and enjoying what you do every day uh, and, and keep chugging along. Christy, thanks so much for hopping on the podcast today. Uh, well, thanks for having me. This was great. And for all my listeners, uh, female listeners uh, that are interested in joining the Elevate Network, I'll provide a link below. I would like to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Go Moment, Quake Capital, and Startup Boost for helping me put this podcast together. For any female founders that are interested in joining the Elevate Network, I'll leave a link in the description below. If this podcast helped you or you learned something new, please leave an iTunes rating by going to the link I provided below. Until next episode, this is Samai Parikh signing out. Mm-hmm.